welcome to Bill Caster's Gaiden, the anime podcast that's more than a side story. I'm the macabre chap, but for tonight, I will be the macabre beard, scourge of the seven seas. And I'm joined by... I'm 5-5 Chopper, love of cotton candy piracy and worth 100 berries. And I'm Nico Sunglass, light to the pirate revolution worth 130 million. I'm Roar Nora Meta, also known as the Piracy Hunter, wanted by Funimation and Crunchyroll. I have a bounty of 340 million berries. So tonight on Buildcaster's Gaiden, if you didn't already guess by the aliases, we are going to discuss piracy, anime consumption, and streaming in 2019, Anno Domini. So first of all, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to go around, talk a little bit about how we got into anime, how we've consumed it over the years, and then we're going to talk about how we consume it now, maybe debate piracy, illegal streaming versus legal streaming, and then come to our conclusions and then close out the episode. So since I believe even chivalry. Pre, would you like to go first? Just talk about how you got into anime, maybe how the way that you've consumed it over the years has changed and how you consume it now. So um, sort of the way that I deal with watching anime also is sort of the way that I've worked with comic books over the years too. So I kind of wanted to tie both those together because I think the issues with piracy in one industry also reflect the issues in the other. So like most people in the United States of my generation, uh, my first exposure to anime was Toonami's. So I would watch the shows that were on TV that were already dubbed and localized and licensed and everything and watch those as they aired. And then when I was a senior in high school and then when I went to college, I discovered anime streaming for the first time and watched series, you know, back in the days when you were only allowed to upload 10 minute videos to YouTube. So you would have the other two parts of the episode loading in the tabs to buffer so you could watch them as soon as you finished up the current part of the episode. That, that's how I watched anime for a while. And so that's also sort of when I got into comic books when I was in college and sort of the same rule or mindset applied to that in that I'm not in a position where I can afford to watch this through legal means. I can't afford DVD box sets. I can't afford the nice hardback editions of the series that I want to read. So it's okay for me to watch this through streaming and through piracy or to read this through piracy because I'm getting into the industry I'm figuring out what I like. And then when I get out of college and have a more stable job and paycheck, I can afford to buy the stuff I like. Well, lo and behold, I'm out of college now. I have a stable paycheck. And so I actually try to pursue the legal means as much as possible. Pay money for streaming sites, buy the comics that I want, actually put my money where my mouth is. I mean, I see nothing wrong with that. People are in different places in their life. And I don't think it's fair to somebody who is interested in getting into something to be prevented from doing it because they can't afford to experiment around to try everything that they want and get a feel for then what they do want to pursue and put money down towards. So that's my general thoughts on piracy. I don't think it's a bad thing in necessity. But I think if you have the option, you always should try to support the legal means because it's not fair to continue to be a cheapskate when you can't afford to, again, sponsor the stuff that you actually like to consume if you want to see more. So that's my thought. So, Matt, since you're our guest, why don't you go next? Oh, man. I guess at the beginning of my lifetime, you know, before the days of uh, YouTube, I was really young because, let me think about it, I was 11 when YouTube started. So, uh, I got into anime, obviously, like most people did. Toonami, Adult Swim, uh, whenever they would play that, or uh, just random stuff that Cartoon Network would play. And, uh, you know, of course... 
like I said, I was like 11. And then I found YouTube when it first started, and people would upload the three anime parts. Yeah. And you know Metal was on that Naruto episode 8 part 1 out of 3. <clears throat> so, you know, that's sort of how I continued throughout the years. As for, like, legal means, it would be like five or six years later. Yeah, five years later. Until I could actually like get a job as a part-timer and then even attempt to start affording this stuff. So yeah, I mean, on occasion, I'd be like, cool, yeah, I found the first two volumes of this uh, anime series. I'm going to purchase it. Like over the years, I found out that in my town, that's really scarce. So I continued my life of piracy and continued to, uh, you know, grow my bounty count. And uh, eventually it got to a point to where I could support all these online streaming services that started coming up. I don't remember exactly when like Crunchyroll and all those big boys started popping up, but uh, I would support them but as for some problems that we'll probably go into later yeah <laughs> i uh, i stopped supporting them in fact currently the only streaming service i will do right now is netflix and that's only because they own every single power rangers season on there at the moment the moment they get rid of that i'm sorry netflix but we're done we're divorced but uh yeah that's sort of how i uh consume it this day is still piracy to the end how are you five so when I was a kid, way before YouTube started, pretty much I got into anime through Fox Kids, Kids WB, Toonami, Adult Swim, all that stuff. And that's how I watched all the uh, quote unquote localized anime. And then I think a little bit before, I think in the days of like LimeWire and all those programs in like the early 2000s, my brother and I, we used to download a lot of anime episodes of like Yu-Gi-Oh, you name it, Gundam and all that stuff. And so that's pretty much how my whole like internet pirate started I'd, I'd say my piracy has gotten a lot worse over the years because even after youtube as pre and meta said before uh watching anime in three parts that were 10 minute segments for quite a few years that's how i used to watch bleach for like the first few years and then uh, eventually i started torrenting on my own and that's pretty much how i torrent a lot of my anime the only um like legal release i really support is if anything is really on netflix that's the only service i really pay for because i'm not going to waste my time paying for a service just just to watch one show that only interests me. To me, that's a waste of money. And that's my stance on it because it's my money. I choose how to spend it. That's really it. Word. So yeah, how I've consumed anime over the years has changed dramatically. When I first got into anime during the like first Western anime boom. Um, So I live in the UK. So the networks I would have consumed content on were a little bit different to you guys. I had analog satellite from very young. I was quite fortunate. So I had access to Cartoon Network and uh, Disney Channel and other networks from the age of about five or six. So 98, when Pokemon first aired over here on a network called Sky One, I would have caught that when Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh, etc, etc. Those were airing, by then we had digital satellite, but I would have caught those on Nickelodeon, Sky One, obviously Cartoon Network. We never had Adult Swim in the United Kingdom, but we did have Toonami and another network called CNX, which were both owned by Cartoon Network. And on those networks in the early 2000s, I caught Outlaw Star, Tenchi Muyo, etc. Etc. I think because we're all similar ages, right? I mean, I'm 27 yeah. in June. Uh, fives, you're you're 25. You're 26, yeah, 26 this year, right? This year. Yeah, yeah. Pre, you're 27 already, right? Ah, uh, I'm 28. <laughs> Close enough. And Meta, you're what? 24, 25? 24. Yeah. So we're all what would be termed the tsunami generation. Would you guys agree? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's great that we like we all got into anime um via tsunami. That also explains my preference of English dubs, but we'll talk about that later. Um. So yeah, that's how I initially got into anime. So I had this older 
cousin of mine who was like the most fervent otaku I've ever met. This was in the early 2000s, uh, maybe like 2003, 2004. And um, he used to watch stuff fansubbed and he used to have stuff on like a massive hard drive. He used to have an, a NAS and he used to burn episodes for me of certain shows on DVDs. I think this was back then um, in the DivX format. And I used to watch it on my Windows computer using a program called Media Player Classic. So that's how I would initially consume anime. So it was a form of piracy, of course, but it was primarily via DVD. So um, I've still got some of these DVDs to this day. So it was Black Lagoon he would pass me, he would pass me Welcome to the NHK, another anime called Kimono Zume, like lots of stuff from the mid 2000s. So that's how I initially consumed anime. And then obviously as I got older and I didn't lose contact with his cousin, but obviously him passing me DVDs would become less and less. So I would go and seek out this stuff myself. So when YouTube came about, I would obviously watch stuff in three parts like the rest of you guys. So that was actually pretty cool back in that day before people used to get copyright strikes. The quality was terrible. So I would want to go and seek out stuff that was higher quality um, that preferably had a dub track as well. So obviously this led me to Torrent and obviously I discovered Pirate Bay, Kick-Ass Torrents, Heat, if you remember that website. It's still around. It's still around. It's just under a different um like Heat Heat is still around. Address. No way. Oh, no, no. I thought you, said, I thought you meant Kick-Ass Torrent. No, no. Right? Kick-Ass Torrents is still around. Yeah, Pirate Bay is dead. <laughs> Pirate Bay is still around. Pirate Bay is still around, yeah. Yeah. I was on it earlier today, actually. <laughs> he, um, Demonoid, if you remember Demonoid. I remember Demonoid. Yeah. Backer BT, which is now a private tracker, but the less said about that, the better. The quality of the shows that Backer BT had was so good. And they had some rarer titles as well. I had an account on there, but I let it lapse. So primarily my foundation of anime consumption was based in torrenting. And obviously as time has gone on, I've been unwilling to embrace streaming primarily because with torrenting, it was easier to access shows that would have dual audio because obviously I have a preference of dubs, but sometimes if the dub is not to my liking, I like to have that option of watching with the Japanese soundtrack as well. So that would obviously lead me to torrenting, but obviously as time gone on and um, streaming has become more and more advanced and obviously there's more and more choice now with streaming arguably and it's also a great way to archive and access older shows and um, the shows on streaming websites you tend to have the option to have both the dub and the subtitled versions so um, over the last couple of years I've really really embraced streaming in terms of piracy in the streaming era because I already pay for a Netflix account I'm a little bit more unwilling to pay for another streaming service such as Crunchyroll, Funimation, High Dive, Verve, etc. Because I already pay for Netflix and that's how I feel like I'm contributing to the anime industry. However, cost is not an issue. It's more of the principle of it because I find that some of the pirate anime streaming services offer a better consumer experience than even some of the legal streaming services. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And until the legal streaming services address this, then I feel like I'm unwilling to pay for another streaming service outside of Netflix. I'd rather um, support the anime industry directly by buying um, merchandise of anime titles I particularly like or buying DVD box sets, etc. Yeah, this is really the biggest problem with consuming anime over here in English speaking regions. Yeah. 
there's sort of a paradox going on here because like what five said, you don't want to have to pay for one streaming service just to watch one show. And it sucks to have to pay like, you know, two bucks here, three bucks here, six bucks here for a million different streaming services. If you're only watching one or two shows from them. But on the other hand, as Crunchyroll has been demonstrating most significantly, when you have so many licenses and properties and like visibility shoved into only only one service, then you start getting lazy and start delivering bad experiences and start, you know, cheaping out on providing a good streaming experience because, you know, people don't have any other choice because you're the one who has all the licenses. And so you can do whatever you want with them because that's the only legal way to find them. There's a problem here where on one hand, I want more competition between streaming services Mm -hmm. because that'll make them cheaper and deliver better quality. But on the other hand, again, I don't want to have to pay to follow like five different streaming services for five different shows. Yes. And that's what I was just going to say to build upon the point that you just made. In addition to some of these legal streaming services, having a less enjoyable customer experience than their illegal contemporaries. Fragmentation is also a massive problem in the legal anime streaming game. Like, for example, because seasonal animes become a real big thing. So the new hot shows of a particular season will be spread across several different legal streaming services. The problem is you kind of have to choose between them as opposed to being able to see them on one centralized platform, which is a competitive advantage that the illegal streaming services or pirate streaming websites such as Kiss Anime, Nine Anime, Master Anime, etc. have over their legal counterparts. You know what it almost reminds me of is back in the heyday of the console wars where all of the game companies dropped their consoles around the same time and you had to figure out which games you would enjoy from all of them Mm. to determine, well, do I want an Xbox or do I want a PlayStation or do I want the Sega system or whatever? Um, It it almost kind of reminds me of that sort of conflict when it comes to the market shares. But, you know, also, again, the flip side of that is with the console wars, you have the companies either fund directly or sponsoring development of their own material. Whereas here you have different streaming platforms that buy the licenses and then provide those licenses. So the material still exists with or without the streaming platform. So that makes it even easier to just say, I don't like any of these options and go pirate. You know, I think the one thing that we have not been talking about is, you know, we shouldn't even have to be concerned about this in the first place if more places would actually give us physical releases of anime that you could buy and just be done with. Absolutely. And as we obviously move further into this streaming era and further away from an era where physical releases were commonplace, it's going to become more and more and more of a problem. And whenever companies do bring out physical releases, a lot of the time it's on standard definition formats such as DVD rather than more high definition formats such as Blu-ray, especially with older shows from the early 2000s and before, because obviously it's very, very expensive to remaster to these shows. Oh, yeah. No, I agree completely. And like from other people that I've talked to who watch anime, and this is even a thing with the Toku community too, and why I'm eternally grateful for Shout Factory for providing DVD sets of Sentai seasons. The fact that, you know, when you have something that's available for streaming, it's not guaranteed to always be there. So if you've got a series that you like Mm -hmm. and you subscribe to a streaming service so you can watch that series, and then you wake up one morning and find out, oh, they don't have the licensing rights for it anymore, so they don't offer it. Well, then all that money that you have paid them to watch that series, now you have nothing to show for it. You've wasted it. Just gone and like, 
shovel that into a furnace because it no longer is doing you any good. Absolutely. Like, um, cause I, I stream anime with my little brother sometimes. Okay, like, cool. Since we live on opposite sides of the country, that's what we'll do to hang out in the evening sometimes, put on a discord voice chat and watch an anime series. Well, he wanted to try My Hero Academia. Okay. The other night. Well, lo and behold, Crunchyroll doesn't have the licensing for only the first season of My Hero Academia anymore. Yeah, because Funimation hold the license for My Hero Academia now. I think so anyway. And obviously Crunchyroll and Funimation used to be bedfellows, but they recently had somewhat of an amicable split because Funimation got purchased by Sony. So yeah, which isn't necessarily a negative thing, but we'll discuss that on a different episode. No, it's not, but it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's a massive pain in the ass. Fives, Meta? Uh, I don't know if there's anything for me to add on, really. You guys pretty much nailed <laughs> me there. No, it's just blatantly showing that the industry's gotten extremely fucking lazy. I mean, yes, you know what? Exactly. I don't care who you are. You're lazy. That's the simply, like, put way for it. And that's why I continue to do my piracy to this day. Because <laughs> if you look at it, they literally don't give a shit about the consumer. What they do care about is that monetary gain that comes from the seasonal anime like you guys were talking about. Yeah. It's like you said, how they removed season one of My Hero Academia. They don't expect you to go back and watch that. They want you to watch the slice of life going on right now. They want you to watch the new stuff. They don't care. And if you want to relay it into Toku, look at it. They had Ultraman G. They quickly gave up on that. They literally just want that quick buck and they've gotten lazy for it. They don't care about keeping their customers satisfied throughout the entire thing. Meta, Crunchyroll, and the way in which they've treated Ultraman, that's a whole entire different episode, because I will I will rant for a good 20 minutes, half an hour. That's both sides cheaping out on licensing <laughs> fees, because you have Crunchyroll deciding to drop it because it didn't make them enough money, and that's then you also have Superaya deciding. Superaya's always cheaped out when it's come to licensing. Yeah, they have. Like I said, that's them being lazy and wanting a cheap buck. That is another reason why I said I will just completely pirate for the rest of my days. As for physical release, physical releases will probably just a thing of the past. Like, I'm never seeing those come out again. Like, I'm surprised Shop Factory's still doing them. And I'm honestly yeah. surprised that they put them up for free on their website as well. Oh, I rate sure. Shout Factory very, very highly. And the service that they're doing to the fandom, especially when it comes to Toku. Yes, yes, I, please. I, please do more of that. <laughs> Yeah, but at the same I, time, too, I'm sort of waiting for them to put like a little bit of a paywall behind there. Yeah, yeah. What I was going to say in terms of like streaming services, I think conceivably the only legal anime streaming service I would actually pay for is Funimation now. Because yeah. the way in which Crunchyroll have treated their customers has left a really bad taste in my mouth. And I kind of have a little bit of a vendetta against them. Like instead of using the funds that they gain from all their subscriptions to build a better consumer experience in terms of their website. Like, their website could have a better UI. Their web player could work better. Yeah, it could actually be stable. Yeah, instead of doing that, they're using the money to fund shows such as Pretty Guardian fucking Spice, or whatever the fuck that is. They're not putting back into the industry. They're not putting back into their customers. No, they're not. They're essentially just taking the money and running. I think the one good thing Crunchyroll has done is that they have given money so that creators of color can um, create anime shows. Like, for example, LaShawn Thomas, they created a show with him and that then led to him being able to create an anime with Netflix. So he's got a show coming out next year called Cannon Busters. Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching that. Yeah, it looks neat. An anime series actually animated in Japan from a black creator that looks so cool but that's us going off topic yeah crunchyroll sucks basically 
guys got anything more to add like how do you see yourself consuming anime later on this year two years from now three years from now five years from now ten years from now all right i'm gonna be very blunt about this yeah go on i have no interest in owning any like dvd sets of any anime or any live action show the only way i see myself doing it is um if like my future children really want to watch the show or something like that otherwise i keep everything backed up if i really like something i keep it backed up on an external hard drive otherwise for the foreseeable future i see myself just watching something if it's on netflix or torrenting it really I don't think it's necessarily that I will seek out DVD sets, but I would vastly prefer having that to streaming stuff. But then again, I don't know if I want to drop 30, 40 or even more money on a set Mm. unless I've already seen the show and know that I enjoy it. So that's also something. Torrenting and pirating series is a way for me to watch it first and decide if I like it or not. Because nobody wants to commit that much money to buy a big box set of something if they don't know that they already like it. Absolutely. I would vastly prefer to have these companies that buy licenses for anime and for other stuff out of Japan to release physical sets. But like what Meta and Five have said, I just can't envision that being an actual business model going forward from here. Go on, Mel. Uh, all things considered, I'm going to stay piracy for life. 99% sure. Um, Hell yeah. Well, here's the thing is like, I also sort of have like a distaste in my mouth because there's sometimes certain cases where things that you want to uh, find a streaming service for are completely uh, null and void. Like my yeah. favorite anime of all time. I always have to illegally watch it because there was no international release. They refused to stream it outside of Japan. This is a series the- I've had tons of people recommend to me too, and I want to watch it and there's no legal way to watch it. <laughs> um, Meta, which anime is that? Katana Gatari. And I believe like the DVD set was like 250 US dollars. If you think I'm going to pay that much, you need to shove that 250 up your own bum and then give it to me and then i'll buy that what i was just gonna say is that optical media in japan so dvds blu-rays are prohibitively expensive i don't know why don't ask me but japanese companies seem to be able to charge through the roof for physical releases of anime tokusatsu etc so yeah for me two years from now 10 years from now whatever i can see myself continuing to stream primarily using the less than legal shadowy anime websites just because for me they make for a better experience than their legal counterparts i am strongly considering paying for funimation now though even though i do already have a netflix account but i feel like funimation as a company have built up a lot of goodwill amongst the anime fandom especially the section of the anime fandom that has a preference for english dubs just by consistently producing incredibly high quality dubs sorry that's me getting off track for a second so yeah i feel I will move away from torrenting maybe, possibly because of the amount of storage that it uses up and because maybe torrenting is a little bit antiquated. If there's a particularly old anime that I can't find on one of these streaming websites, I will probably try and see if I can torrent it or if the quality of the encode on the streaming website isn't to my liking, then I will go and torrent it. However, for the foreseeable future, I see myself using these pirate streaming websites and maybe torrenting occasionally and i'll also buy the odd physical release if necessary but i will primarily support the anime industry by continuing to buy merchandise gunpla t-shirts key rings etc so yeah guys any final thoughts yeah i wanted to add on to the whole merchandise thing yeah go on that's the only way i'm really gonna like support an anime release is if you got like cool merchandise shirts or even toys because i'm a huge toy collector 
So yeah. that's the only way I'm going to really support it. That's all I have to say. Matt Apri? I just want DVD sets. Let me buy your stuff. Like I said, I don't want to have to pay like five bucks a month for a year for something and then have the one thing I was paying for being taken down. Just let me give you money and I get media that I want to watch in return. It's a fairly simple transaction. The best guest in the world factor? No? Meta? Excuse you. Yes? Do you have nothing else to add? <laughs> what were we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I'm leaving this in, man. Fucking serious. Any any final thoughts? Uh, for those of you that support the industry, thank you. Thank you very much. I will uh, continue to support it, just not directly through streaming services. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get up to a billion uh, berry bounty through my piracy days. <laughs> okay, well, before we go... I do have one Twitter question to ask. Ravon Cooper sent it in. So the question from Ravon Cooper, that's at MrCooper92 on Twitter, is what are some of the best anime you've watched in 2018 and what's on your watch list for 2019? We just did a podcast on my other podcast. We just did an episode talking about Mob Psycho 100 because it's amazing and everybody needs to watch it. It is genuinely one of the best anime I have ever seen. It's amazingly animated. It's got a really fun cast of characters. And it's got a genuinely, I, I'm trying to think of a word to describe it, endearing, important, meaningful message. Uh, it's something I think everybody should watch. So if you have not seen Mob Psycho 100 yet, please check that out. What? As for what I'm looking forward to 2019, um, I want to say the new Ultraman anime that's going to be on Netflix. However, uh, I've read the manga series and it's not actually that great. So I'm not really sure how the anime adaptation is going to be handled. But uh, we're also getting second season of One Punch Man. So hooray. Yeah, that's we are. Awesome. Hell yeah. Netflix is yet to do an outright bad anime adaptation. I mean, Devil Man Cried Baby supposedly slaps. That's a crazy show. Be the Beginning was dope. It's more of an issue with the source material. Not that I doubt how they'd handle the adaptation. Okay. It's very, very good at setting up some really spectacular looking action sequences sure. and set pieces. Sure. And then at the end of every single one of those action set piece climaxes, they're like, oh, ha ha. Like, I die knowing that our true conspiracy will continue as planned and you've done nothing to stop us. And then do that for like three more story arcs past that point. It gets very tiresome. That sounds very, very tiring. Meta, fives? Five, go on ahead. Um, 2018. I'm not really a big anime watcher anymore, but I guess Gridman was the one. Yeah, Gridman. Really oh, yeah, Grid 2018. <laughs> I, I know, I, I think I'm forgetting something else. Oh, Devil May Cry Baby. I watched that in 2018. Was it good? Dude, it, it is nuts. It, it's like insane. I can't even explain it. It won Anime of the Year at the Crunchyroll Awards. Shout out to, to Ginger Herb for telling me to watch that. I sat down one Thursday night. And I just like watched the entire series. Yeah, I've only read the original manga. I haven't checked out Crybaby yet. I need to do that. It got crazy towards like the middle and, and very crazy towards the end. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's what happens in the manga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, I was not expecting this at all. And as for 2019, as Priest said, One Punch Man season two, baby. I also want to get into um, My Hero Academia as well. A lot of people have been talking about that. So. It's overhyped in some respects, but it genuinely is a really fun shonen action show. And if you like that sort yeah. of thing... You are going to like my hero. Cool. Okay, cool. I'll check it out, definitely. Matt? I'm going to keep it a total stack with the Chief. Mm. I had to look up what animes came out in 2018 <laughs> so I could remember. <laughs> Please tell me you watch uh, Pop Team Epic. 
No, I don't care about that. That's way too. That's no. That's on my list. I'm gonna keep it stacked. I forgot Gridman existed. So the two that I have would probably be Gegege no Kitaro, which takes up Dragon Ball Super's time slot, and it's uh I believe still currently airing, but it started in 2018, so that's what I'm giving it points for. And uh, actually, Yokai Watch Shadow Side came out in 2018 too, and it's also another like if you're into like a. It's like a comedy horror series, so give that a shot if you like spiritual type stuff. As nice. for 2019, obviously I'm still going with those two ongoing series. Uh, I'm on Shield Hero. I'm hoping to start Dororo. If oh that's yeah, I've been meaning to watch that too. I've heard people say that's um, really good. Other than that, I can't really say I'm excited for much anime. I've sort of cut down on my consumption of anime. I guess you could say that I'm sort of like refining my taste down rather than just consuming as much as possible. Yeah, that's how but I yeah. feel. Yeah, that's mine. I want to get into JoJo. Okay, cool. In 2019. Every cool. single time somebody wants me to get into JoJo, it just makes me want to put it off for another two years. Every time <laughs> they say JoJo, I say no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I watched a bunch of shit in 2018. I watched Vandred. I watched Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn. I watched Gundam Build Divers. I watched Gundam Thunderbolt. I watched Iron Blooded Orphans. I rewatched Gundam Double O. Well, I thought he was talking about animes that just came out. I was binging on giant robots. I thought he meant stuff that came out in 2018. Did I watch Razafon? No, I watched Razafon this year, I think. No, I watched Razafon this year. Oh, and I also watched Martian Success and Nadesco in 2018 as well. For actual stuff that came out in 2018, Gridman and Build Divers. I think were the only things I actually watched that were seasonal anime. Gridman I liked, but the ending was like... I didn't want to even mention Bill Divers. Bill Divers, listen to the last episode of Bill Casters and you'll find out how I felt about that. <laughs> As for what I'm looking forward to in 2019, Shield Hero is actually pretty good. What else am I looking forward to in 2019? I probably will watch One Punch Man Season 2 and I'm going to watch Zombieland Saga at some point. Oh yeah, that's a really fun show. And I'm also going to watch Mob Psycho 100, Season 1 and 2. But I'm going to wait until Season 2 finishes so I can binge it. It's an immensely bingeable series. It goes by really fast. I also remember, I also watched Be the Beginning in 2018, which is a Netflix show, which was actually pretty decent. And I also watched Sword Guy the Animation Part 1. I haven't watched Part 2 yet. It's on my list of stuff to watch, but I'm not really in a rush to watch it. Where can we find you on social media, guys? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube at Sentai5. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SunglassPri, P-R-I. Uh, that's where I spend like 80% of my day when I'm not working. So you can get hold of me there pretty easily. I also run my own podcast with my little brother called the Pop Culture Papists Podcast. Try saying that three times fast, where we talk about various things uh, with a dash of Roman Catholicism. So if you want the religious side of it, or you want all this pop culture nonsense through a different filter, feel free to check that out. I also have a blog that sadly needs updating. I keep saying that every time, called Capes and Cool Scarves. So please check out either one of those if you want to hear me ramble about more of this stuff. Mel? You can find me on Twitter, at The Metafactor. You can also find my porn-free Tumblr under the same name. And uh, I will have Ash link my LinkedIn account later. That's definitely not going to (laughs) happen. You fucking weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) At least link my Google+. And no. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the macabre chap. You can also find me on Instagram under the same name and DeviantArt. You can find my Legion brethren on Twitter 
at Legion of Boom. That's L-E-G-1-0-N of Boom. You can find us on Instagram too. You can find our podcast, Buildcasters, over on Twitter at Buildcasters. You can also find us on Instagram at the same name. You can also find us at our landing page. That's smarturl.it forward slash Buildcasters. And you can also find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, Podbean, and a bunch of other podcast platforms. If you find us on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a five-star review because that will help us go up the podcast rankings and allow more people to discover our brand of all mecca all the time. And on that note, Bill Caster's guiding out. Say bye, guys. Peace. Goodbye. See ya. This podcast was brought to you by Legion of Boom, the podcast network for everything hero. This episode was produced by the Macabre Chap and Sentai 5, with music provided by Jenga. Battle Battle ended. ended. Battle ended.